Hello, friends. Welcome to Not Your Basic Badass Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Shumway, and I'm here to teach you how to harness badassery by anchoring into authenticity, embracing vulnerability, and dreaming big to create joy and fulfillment in your life and relationships. Hello, friends. I am so excited to talk to you today about the three pillars of badassery. This is the framework that I use with my coaching clients as well as in my own life because badassery is awesome. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what badassery is, what it is not, the three pillars of badassery and how they work together, and ultimately how you can get in touch with your badassery and make sure that all of these pillars are really aligned for you in a way that feels amazing and joyful and fun and badass. But before we dive into that, I want to offer that I have a checklist on my website that goes along with these three pillars of badassery. And it's created to be a daily checklist with some journal prompts to help you to check in with where are your pillars of badassery maybe a little bit off? Are there some tweaks that you want to make? Are there some resistances that you need to let go of? different actions and different feelings that you might consider adding into your routine so that every single day you're checking in with yourself and noticing where the blocks are so that you can overcome them. You can find this worksheet on my website if you go to thebadassacademy.com. That's one word, T-H-E-B-A-D-A-S-S-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com slash freebies, F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S, and then click on the link for the badassery checklist, the daily badassery checklist, and then just enter in your email and it will appear in your inbox for you to enjoy and use. And also, if you would like, follow along with that um, through this episode. I'll also link it up in the show notes so that it's easy for you to find. All right, so let's dive in. What a lot of people think badassery is, based on the people that I've asked, is this idea of show up for your life, you make everything happen, you you know do the things, you are the hero of your own story, you conquer everything, no obstacles get in your way, you just crush it, you're strong, you're powerful, you're brave, you're courageous, and yes, absolutely, that is... 50% of badassery, I'm going to say. And then the other 50% is where you're not a superhero necessarily, like how we normally define superheroes, but you're more of a human. You have vulnerabilities. You have missteps. There's weaknesses. There's little cracks and things that you wish were different. There's negative emotion. And so badassery in that standpoint is learning how to really love on those parts when they're hurting. Really learning to embrace the vulnerability that comes with creating those big goals as you're out smashing the world and fighting in the arena, doing those amazing things that you want to create in your life, managing the negative part that comes about with that. So on my website, the definition that I've created for badassery is choosing to live in the discomfort of vulnerability, fear, and courage that comes with living an authentic life. Not settling for a cheap counterfeit because you desire a life filled with truth, passion, and vision that is not possible when you settle for quick fixes and a closed heart. 
that is how I define badassery. And in there, you will find the three pillars. The three pillars are authenticity, vulnerability, and dreaming big. So what I want to start out with is this idea of a building. Like I picture it as a three-pillar coliseum, if you will. One of the pillars being authenticity, one of the pillars being vulnerability, and one of the pillars being dreaming big. So when you have too much vulnerability without boundaries and without the firmness and commitment to authenticity, that leads to not creating safety. You run the risk of not trusting the people that you share with or sharing with the wrong people or giving someone whose opinion you don't really value, like giving them the microphone when they may not really be someone that you want to have input in your life. And that's what happens when you have too much vulnerability without the authenticity of really standing truly in who you are. Authenticity without big goals may lead in some ways to arrogance. I believe that setting big goals goals <laughs> tends to keep me humble and focused on the process of growth. Authenticity truly re requires vulnerability because when you put yourself out there, this like this is who I am, I love me, I value me no matter what, you are for sure going to stand out and probably get some haters because you're going to be saying things that people aren't used to hearing. When you start standing in that authenticity and making changes in your life, people that you normally associate with are going to be like, whoa, she's changing. And they might have some thoughts on that. They might have some things that they don't like because you're no longer available for the behavior that was going on before. And too much big goal setting without authenticity leads to burnout. When you are not totally committed and aligned with what you desire, but you're in some way creating this big goal because someone else has, has put this expectation on you, then that creates a block. It creates you not being aligned and not being clear because you're looking to other people to tell you what you want. And there's really no way that they can know that because you are the one that knows your desires. You are the one that can feel that energy in your body. You are the one that can explore that. So you really can't look to other people to tell you. So when you are big goal setting without authenticity, you're very prone to burn out. And if you do achieve the desired result, it's not going to be sustainable. And if you do get the results, it might not turn out quite as planned. It may not be as satisfying as you would have expected because it really wasn't what you truly desired in the end. So authenticity, vulnerability, and big goal creation. So now we're going to talk about how they all tie together and how you can start reflecting on how to balance these pillars. So first of all is... Within these pillars, there's four separate skills. So with the first pillar of living authentically, the first skill of authenticity is self-acceptance. It's loving and accepting all parts of you, especially the ones that you might want to hide away. If you are a coach, that might manifest in there's something within you, like you struggle with depression or anxiety that you might not feel you want to tell your audience about because you're afraid that it might make that your audience think 
that you're weaker or you're not doing enough or whatever. Whereas in reality, it's totally the opposite. When you see someone human walking the walk and talking the talk, you're like, oh my gosh, like she's an example of what it could be like. Maybe I don't have to change everything about me. Maybe it's simply self-acceptance. There was a meme going around, not a meme, or like a, like a poster, social media poster, whatever, um, going around a couple weeks ago, which I read this a couple years ago, but it, it popped up again. It's accredited to Russell Brunson, um, so I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and here's basically the story, is there's a farmer, and the farmer has two buckets, <laughs> and one of the buckets has a crack in it, and the farmer walks to the well every single day fills up his bucket of water, and then walks back to his farm to water the crops and do farmer stuff. And the the bucket with the crack in it starts to get sad one day. And he talks to the farmer and he's like, I feel like I'm not doing my job. I feel like I'm not helping enough because I have cracks in my bucket. And can you please fix me up because I want to be able to like help and, you know, help out with the animals and everything like that. And the farmer's like, okay, come with me. So the farmer picks up this bucket and walks to the well and he says to the bucket, you see all of these flowers and all of these, like this beautiful grass around, the bushes with fruit, the trees with fruit, all of this beautiful nature. The bucket's like, yeah, I see it. It's pretty cool. I like it. And then the farmer's like, this is made possible because when I walk back to the farm, the cracks in your bucket feed the plants. This wildlife <laughs> was possible because of the cracks in your bucket. So self-acceptance, the very first step of living authentically, self-acceptance is loving and accepting all parts of you and recognizing that you can heal people through the cracks in your bucket. The second skill of living authentically is clarity of purpose, deciding what you want, believing you can have it, and believing that you can have it no matter what, simply because you desire it and you're going to figure out a way to get it. The third skill is connection, connection with yourself, connection to a higher power, God, angels, universe, spirit, animal, whatever it is for you. And connection to others, bringing and really showing up authentically with your magical badass self to all of your relationships, showing up with confidence, showing up with a firmness in who you are, and in giving value to those relationships and giving love because when you give love, you're so much more open to receiving genuine love. I'm not talking about like people-pleasing love, which we'll talk about that in another episode. I'm talking about genuine love that you choose simply because it feels good to give that. And the final skill of living authentically is communication. Speaking your thoughts clearly and assertively, listening intently to others' opinions and others' values so that when you are in conversation, showing up with others, you're able to express what you are thinking to ask the questions that are going to help you understand where the other person is coming from. And that takes a tremendous amount of authenticity, self-acceptance, and clarity 
to be able to, to get there. So you might notice that within this pillar, these skills build on each other. And it's not like it's a systematic thing. It's not like, okay, I accept myself and now I can get clear. No, not at all. You're already doing some of these things like a total badass, 100%. I know it because I know you <laughs> and I know that you work on yourself and you're committed to growth. So there are already some of these things that you're doing super well. And there are also some of these things that are your areas of focus. So just paying attention to that and knowing that there's no hurry to get to one or the other in any specific order because they all connect together. Okay, badassery pillar number one is embracing vulnerability. So the first skill within that um, is being able to fuel and strengthen your physical body, which sounds a little bit weird when connected to vulnerability, but when you're fueling and strengthening your body, that requires you to really be in touch with yourself and with your emotions in a world where food is basically the go-to for numbing emotions when things get difficult it's really important to just pay attention with awareness to when those emotions are potentially making you want to turn to food and using that as an opportunity to develop a deeper relationship with yourself embracing the vulnerability of life and the feelings of discomfort that simply come from being a human and then separating that from fueling and strengthening your physical body. Now, if food isn't something that you really go to, there's always going to be another tool because it's like the natural brain pattern for us to do that. So looking at with awareness is like, where do I normally use things to numb out my emotions? It might be alcohol. It might be dating. It might be working. You know, there are all sorts of things of these these false pleasures. I call sometimes we call them like cheap counterfeits that we just normally turn to. So embracing the vulnerability is separating those substances from your emotional life and filling it with the authenticity of who you really are, what you really want, because that feels amazing. And then eventually it's like food is nothing in comparison to how amazing my life is, right? Okay, the second skill is spiritual connection. This is connecting to a higher power to support you in this journey. And I like to think of a higher power, like for me, I have a Christian background, so there is some of Christ that plays into it and also deeply spiritual roots. So um, if you're into human design, that would be like my splenic authority, like a connection with my spleen, which is how I make decisions. Um, if you're not into human design, I realize that probably sounds super weird, but you should check it out because it is the most fantastic tool ever. Um, connection to... For me, it's Christ to my spleen, to my highest self, and then also like just the power of the universe. Spiritual connection is about allowing yourself to ask questions to this greater power, to allow answers to flow through you, connections to come through you, and for you to be able to remember too that you're not doing this alone which in my experience takes the pressure off of you needing to like be perfect and do all the things right away. Cause it's like, you literally have <laughs> this is little tendrils of support surrounding you at any time, all of the time. Um, 
this just came to mind. I'm going to go on a little tangent here. A movie that I grew up with is Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. It's a Japanese animation film by um, Miyazaki. And in one of the scenes, the main character, I think she's gone kind of unconscious, and she's in this field, and these creatures come up with her, and like these little tendrils kind of come up and lift her up and envelop her in this healing white light, which nurses her back to health. So that's how I like to picture the energy of the universe surrounding me, because A, it's fun, B, it helps me get connected to that feeling like that literal feeling in my body of feeling supported all right so the third skill of embracing vulnerability is emotional management with this comes in creating a routine for proactively caring for emotions in a way that fits your lifestyle and your emotional needs so for some people that's incorporating in meditation For some people, it's journaling. It's like normally the things that we think of for like self-care doing, like the bubble baths, the exercise, the taking care of yourself, like those actual actions, but then also noticing the physical feelings in your body, taking time to feel, verb, feel the emotions in your body, paying attention, checking in with your fingers and toes, like just noticing what emotions are there is the first step. And then the second step is cultivating the emotions, practicing feeling how you want to feel, and then bringing that more into your daily life, which over time changes your emotional set point and changes your state of being into somebody that is more in line with your higher self until eventually, like you are your highest self. And then (laughs) you set different goals because your self-concept has changed. So that's all part of emotional management. And then the fourth skill is managing negativity. So there's on one side, this emotional management of feeling, creating, cultivating emotion, and then managing negativity because vulnerability, guys, going on first dates, kind of vulnerable, especially if they're super hot, super eligible and everything you want, like that's pretty vulnerable for most people, even if you're super secure in your self-concept you might find yourself getting a little sheepish. So managing negativity, managing rejection, navigating through difficult emotions instead of resisting them and telling yourself it's wrong, I shouldn't be feeling this, avoiding them with food or alcohol or gambling or working or Netflix. Not that any of those things are bad in and of themselves, but doing them to avoid a negative emotion leads to a negative consequence on the other side. It doesn't actually help in the long run and it actually makes you worse off than if you would have just taken the time to feel it and accept it. All right, so the third pillar, so I hope at this point you can kind of see how authenticity and vulnerability tie together because when you are showing up as yourself, you're putting yourself out there you're going to be needing to connect to a higher power so that you can almost like have that power guide you to to figure out what it is and who it is that you are. What is the purpose that you're truly here for on this earth, which is a process. It's something that I do every single day. And it's it really is a joyful journey when you get to a place that you feel like, yeah, I know how to access this higher power. 
I know how to help have it help me manage the negativity. And then the third pillar is dreaming big. So the first skill is epic self-care, which really ties in to managing negativity, but it's a little bit different. It's filling your whole being and your whole life with love, even when, especially when you mess up royally. Telling yourself, I love you so much. There is nothing that you could ever do that would make me stop loving you. Your self-talk becomes a bubble bath. Your self-talk becomes a warm blanket of compassion as you go out there and you fail 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 because failing is the way to success. Every time you fail, you get up and you learn. And that's the fourth skill. Actually, I'm going to jump ahead because it ties in is failing resiliently. Big goals means that you fail a lot, but failure does not mean you are a failure. It means you didn't take the action necessary to achieve the desired result. So learning how to fail in a way that is neutral, that you can learn from, not even neutral, fail in a way that lights you up. That's like, oh my goodness, I am learning so much. I am evolving into a newer, higher, better version of myself and I'm taking risks and I'm loving the pants off of myself in the process. I can think of no better ways to grow into deeper self-intimacy than when you're at the peak, when you're at your growth edge and you mess up and your face is face down in the arena. You've got dirt all over your face on your back, looking up at the sky, like what the heck just happened? And then you're like, okay, this is what happened. I'm ready to get up. And skill number two of dreaming big is having your own back, releasing the past, releasing, well, this is how I made decisions in the past. This is how I do it. I've always been someone that overate. It's just kind of like what I do. I don't really know how to change that. I'm really stuck. But I also really believe that I'm just an overeater. I really also believe that I'm just a procrastinator. I really believe that I'm just someone that's bad at money. It's like, no, we can release that. And there's processes that you can go through to rewrite that story in a way that actually serves you and is for you. Because here's the truth. Everything in your life is for you. And having your own back means that you release the past, you change those stories, and you embrace the future. You learn to live from your future self. You learn to think about how she makes decisions, how she eats, or he, if you're, you know, male or whatever, listening to the podcast. Having your own back means how would they make decisions and how can I make a decision like that right now in this moment? Which is truly the most beautiful thing of learning the radical transformative process of change, of evolution, and also of self-forgiveness. Learning how to apply the same forgiveness practices that you have to other people for yourself. Because if you're able to do that, if you're able to fail and not make it mean something totally terrible about you and your worth and your value as a human being, 
then the whole process of goal setting is going to be so much more enjoyable. It's going to be joyful. And that ties into authenticity because you're having your own back with the self-acceptance and the clarity of purpose. You're putting yourself out there in the connections and the communication. You're having your own back. You're failing resiliently. You're building emotional management skills, emotional resilience, and Truly, when those three pillars all come together, there's nothing that you cannot accomplish. There's nothing that you cannot get through. That is badassery. It is you going out, deciding that it is like, this is what I want. I want a thriving business. I want a joyful, cozy, passionate, sexy relationship with someone that makes me feel like a queen and that treats me the way that I desire to be treated. And you go out and you fail on the way. You might get into some relationships that don't provide that. And it's like, okay, cool. I have my own back here. I'm not going to settle for this. I know what I want. I know what I'm worthy of. I'm going to go out and create it. This is what I want. And I'm willing to go through the process of becoming that person of the vulnerability Because I'm learning how to love myself through the process. Okay. So that's how they all tie together. And in terms of balancing these pillars, I'll offer a couple questions for you to think about. And also offer that a lot of these questions come from the daily checklist that is on my website that can help you to get more into your badassery and check for imbalances and take some steps to be more aligned. So if that sounds intriguing to you, if you would like to be more badass, I definitely offer that you go to my website, which is linked up in the show notes, and get your copy. So some questions to ponder is, where am I not having my own back? Where am I abandoning myself and not choosing me first? What might it look like for me to show up in full authenticity on a first date? in your business with food if I had my own back if what would it look like to take the microphone away from other people to take the microphone away from my brain and my beliefs about who I am and my past stories and my doubts totally normal by the way like I am someone that frequently has depressive episodes and that is pretty constant for me So recognizing that those things are going to come up and learning how to separate yourself and kind of rise above it and watch it happening, but not attached to it. So if you took that megaphone away from the brain, from the other people in your life that you don't really want to give opinions to, what would it be like to choose you first? And which one of these pillars do you think needs your attention the most? Where is your future self telling you to start? Excuse me, to start. I've got the hiccups. And then finally is, oh, shoot, I really want to talk about sinking. I'm going to have to do that on another episode. Um, But really getting in touch with your body of who am I? What does my true self feel like? I imagine for me, like as an example, is I have this deep, like 
brown core, like a tree that spreads through my legs and roots into the ground. And there's a tingling all around my head. When I'm in touch with my true self, that's how I feel in that energy. For some people, it's like a pressure in their throat. And it's like red hot fire extending through their fingertips. And it's like really warm. So check in with you. Like it is so different for everyone. If it's not a visual process, if it's not colors, there's really no way, right way to feel this. Just like experiment and feel, um, check out what feels good. All right, friends. So that is a wrap. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, I would so love and so appreciate if you would go on to the Apple website of this podcast, Not Your Basic Badass, and give it a rating and a review. This really helps me to know um, what it is that you guys are wanting help with, what is going to serve you and support you the most in living your most amazing badass life. And that is a wrap. Okay. I love you guys so much. Kick ass on this Friday and we'll talk to you later.